0: The Out of Time podcast is brought to you by brothers whose relationship was forged together by Watches.
1: Each episode will be a conversation with people we find fascinating from all walks of life. Welcome to the episode. Check, 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 check. Check. Yeah. What's up, my dude? Good vibes. We're back in the same spot? Yeah, definitely. Love the spot. DF. DF. Where is that? Yeah. This
0: is it, man. Glad we decided on this place.
1: We, uh. First time here?
0: It is. It is. I know I suggested that other spot, but this is next time. Yeah, this is
1: good. This feels OG. It's a great bright. vibe. Great aesthetic. Uh, great coffee. Great people. Great uh, music. Yeah, great music. Yeah. Always got the little Cuban vibe you can move to. Yeah, yep. man. Uh, so, why
0: don't you introduce yourself? My name is uh, is oh. Matt McDonough, and. Known you guys what for probably about a year maybe two years I guess in the case of Josh I've known Josh yeah. a little longer. Come to you guys through Chase
1: virology Four One One. Chase is the man. He connects a lot of us. Right.
0: What's your IG handle uh, on Instagram? Yeah. I am uh, Matt McD. Underscore GMT. So how'd you come about that name? You know, um, Matt McD was a handle from the Fora. You know, probably before Instagram, I think a lot of people, if you've been into the kind of the watch hobby for a while, um, over the past maybe 15, 20 years, you probably came to it from the various fora that are out there. So whether it's, it's WatchUseek, right. or, uh, you know, in my case, um, ATG Vintage, which is uh, Alistair Gibbons in England. Okay. And he ran a really highly informative uh, forum. For people interested in kind of uh, vintage or recent vintage, a lot of militaria and stuff like that. So that's that. Those were my that was my handle on right. these various boards, and so I just you, wanted to carry forward into IG. You have a military background, right? you know not really i wouldn't describe it like that because Good. i i didn't serve um, i thought you were sas or something <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 definitely, yeah. definitely. right there,
1: there's that vibe i thought it was that and with the collection with the uh the post it's a lot of uh, stuffy posts military, military inspired. yeah exactly
0: yeah no i have a background in aviation and okay. that that led me to the military my dad was an instructor pilot and i just grew up always wanting to fly so i mean i i started flying at a young age and i was on contract with the air force which is probably what you're thinking of i was okay. in rotc So I got my, you know, kind of military leadership training in college that way, but uh, I was about halfway through that pipeline, Uh and in my commissioning physical, the Air Force discovered that I have a a very minor, you know, heart Heart valve issue, and that that basically was going to sideline me from ever being in a cockpit. So I walked away from that, and I did it on my own for a while, you Uh know, trying to kind of go the commercial route, but just stopped doing it when the the reality of how expensive trying to, oh, you know, rack up hours and type ratings. Exactly. Um, you know, it's very daunting. you probably spend more money doing that than, you know, pursuing a you know, a doctor. Some sort of a, degree. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, I just decided to come back to the real world and,
1: you know, get a more conventional degree. And You, you know, and I had always assumed there was some sort of military background. Same. We've, we've never had the conversation. And, yeah, uh,
0: I... It, that, the, aviation world and the military aviation world there's a lot of overlap and there's I did work for airlines and so it's the same kind of a, a vibe. Aesthetically speaking Matt has that look like he's bare grills or something. Yeah wait what's that? He, he, he has like an officer look right? <laughs> he does he does. <laughs> bare <Bare-reals>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. I, I always thought he's male spec like, like aesthetically Yeah. when I met him he looks really male spec. Recently me. I
1: discovered there's a little Ed Hardy too Oh. Like, like a younger Ed okay. Hardy, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just recently saw a picture of him. Uh, and I was like, dang, he kind of... And all his
0: all his posts, like, oh, that's a Sikorsky, blah, 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 or that's like a 707. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, you know, as part of my training this is just kind of how esoteric and weird that... Aviation training gets, but I had like an entire semester on how to recognize different yeah, kinds of aircraft. aircraft. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, an actual—that was the name of the class, like aircraft recognition. So if we were to put you on an entire aircraft, you'll know which is friend and foe. Right? Oh, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Tell us a quick background. Like, I know you love machines. I know you grew up flying. Yeah. Uh, what age did you start? Early, probably about 12. Okay, 12. Yeah. That's when you start flying? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and again, this is with my dad. Right. You know, so um, he himself was earning, at that time, was earning his, um, his instructor ticket. Okay. And this is, you know, pilot talk, but he was working to become what they call a double-I, so an instrument instructor, uh-huh. which would be sort of the next step up. Um, you know, and I would fly as his safety pilot a lot. Um, just basically a second set of eyes when he was under the hood. So you're a right. shotgun?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then so at what point did those roles change to where you were actually the one in control of manning the planes? Almost immediately. Oh, yeah? Yeah. At That, like,
0: pre yeah. yeah, although I wasn't working formally toward, you right. know, a, a private ticket at that age, but, I mean, a little bit later. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was fun. So... What brought you into watches? Has it been something that you've always been kind of passionate about? or?
0: Yeah, you know, the the aviation thing, and you know, when you learn to, to navigate, the first thing you learn, you know, formal navigation is dead reckoning, and, and measurement of time is very important for that. Right. Um, my dad always used to harp on me to be ahead of the airplane. So, I mean, you have to kind of constantly think of what you're gonna be doing in the airplane, not just in the now, but maybe of, 30 seconds from yeah, now. Yeah, now. Yeah. and. You know, any anything like that involves punctuality, and I became very sort of focused on that. Um, and I remember, you know, as a kid, for me, the first watches that I became aware of—I wasn't like into watches at fifteen right. or sixteen—but I became aware of. Um, watches because we used to get a magazine at home called okay. the, the OPA pilot or A-O-P-A. Yeah. Sometimes people will refer to it as A-O-P-A. Okay. But, you know, Aircraft Owner and Pilots Association. And it's in the pages of this magazine, there'd be, you know, the A-O-P-A dialed brightlings. Yeah, and you were going to say that. Yeah, so the navvies. Yeah. And then um, eventually, probably late 80s, maybe early 90s, you'd start to see, like, you know something that would become the aerospace like the, yeah. the analog digital and so to me that was like that was the cat's ass and for a watch that's so
1: I, the GMT right so that kind of brings you to uh your, your passion and how that yeah. ended up on the end of your uh, yeah, your totally, IG handle
0: totally yeah. yeah I um I mean I've had GMT watches in the past but I so the other thing kind of the extension to my training as a pilot I never flew as an airline pilot but I did work um as like dispatch and Doing things like that right. for airlines, uh-huh. and all of your communication with aircraft and with crew is typically, you know, around um, time references. They're all GMT or right. UCT, right? Universal time, uh, UTC, sorry, Zulu, whatever they called it back then. Right. It's it's undergone a bunch of changes. <laughs> so, do you have any watches that your dad passed down to you? No. <laughs> no. No. He was he's not into it. You know, I think he is seriously like uh, you mentioned. Um, The Movado,
1: you know, uh, museum watch. He had one of those, and that was about it. Do you have any like memorabilia from like as a kid flying? Like some of those things that you remember that stick out. Like, oh, I remember this. It connects me to my dad and the passion that we both have. You know, um, floating around, I've got pictures. Um,
0: Back in the day, I took a trip with my dad. He'd been. Um, obviously, you know, he's older than us and he was in the army in the 60s and he'd enlisted and instead of going to Vietnam, they sent him to Germany for four years, so he was very lucky. Yeah. So, in 1992, my, I was working for an airline at the time and I was able to score, uh-huh. you know, one of these kind of insider deals Yeah. and I okay. took him back to Germany and uh-huh. we kind of went over his um, old stomping grounds where he lived Dude, and, and worked awesome. and stuff like that and this was in '92. Um, I've got a bunch of pictures from that trip, and just to tell you how much times have changed, on the flight back, the airline we flew was LTU, which is okay. not well-known, the German German carrier, yeah. and we were sitting up near the front of the airplane, and we just told the steward, like, hey, me and my dad, I speak a smattering of German, and I'm like, hey, me and my dad are pilots, can we talk to the, the crew? Yeah. Uh-huh. So we sat up in the jump seats of this um, it was a 767 extended range. Sorry, real quick. For our listeners, what's a jump seat? Oh, so a, um, Jump seat is basically just a fold-down extra seat right. in the cockpit. Uh-huh. So it's the kind of thing where, you know, the crew have these, you know, big... Uh, it's like in the stadium, like big make yeah, up, right? Exactly, okay, exactly. Yeah, they're yeah. not super comfortable. That's a jump seat. Yeah, and usually it's the kind of thing, like, if the pilots are being examined or they're having a check ride, mm-hmm. you know, the examiner will be in the jump seat. <laughs> right, so, or <laughs> another pilot, as a courtesy, might get to fly in there. But uh, they let us sit in that airplane from probably somewhere over the mid Atlantic until pretty much until we crossed over uh, the border from Canada into the United States. And once we entered American wow. airspace they made us go back. But you okay. I, you can't imagine ever doing that now. Yeah that's incredible. There's no that's way awesome. yes, that would ever be. So yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> no yeah, fly. Yeah it
1: was just like hey no biggie. Wow. That's crazy. Yep. Have you seen the weird jump seats in the back of the um, Model S Tesla?
0: Is there a jump seat?
1: Yeah, it, it's wild. It's in the truck space. I know the Mercedes
0: uh, wagon, they're pretty much common.
1: I think it some of the Land out. Rovers, the older... Oh, one. you're right.
0: Yeah. There is one of the Tesla S, I think, right? Yeah. And that's facing backwards. Uh-huh.
1: That's yeah, <laughs> weird. Um, just random when you when you yeah. see it. Yeah. Uh, all right, so... You brought a few watches with you.
0: I did, I did. So what did you bring? All right, well, let's start with this. So, I'm a, a big believer that the idea that, like, in watch collecting... You know, a watch is a tool, right, obviously, yeah. It tells yes. time, but it's also a totem, yeah. right, for lack of a better way to put it. And I have owned over time, I've owned different, more maybe more expensive watches or cooler watches, but I don't think I've ever owned a more evocative watch than this. And This is the, uh, the Tutima, it's just typically kind of called the military chronograph. It's the Lamania 5100 powered yeah. chronograph. What's the model? Um, I want to say that the reference number on that is the 76002. And I, I could be wrong. And the finish is titanium. Yeah, that one is titanium. They made a, a virtually identical model <laughs> with a different bracelet in steel. And our friend Jason actually has one of those. And this dates, um, it had a fairly long production run. You know, it's got an association with NATO forces and with German military, pilots in particular. And it's, I want to say it was available probably from, or that type of watch, from the late 80s to maybe early
1: 2000s. Okay. So how did you come about uh, owning it? So ATG Vintage, that forum that I mentioned. Right. Yeah. um, There's a huge
0: um, sub-forum there with a, a collector community for Lamania 5100. There's, okay. a, there's a lot of enthusiasm around that movement because it, it does what very few other movements do. It, it shows you in a chronograph format minutes and seconds on that central pinion. So instead of having to look at elapsed minutes on a tiny sub-dial, right. you know, a small register, a pilot who's flying can, you know, if they need a hack on a, a navigation leg or on some time event, they can look just quickly yeah. and see how many elapsed minutes and seconds. Most chronograph you can really only easily read elapsed seconds. Right. So this is this is highly desirable for that kind of purpose. But the reason I like this is just it's that that red airplane hand, dude. It's I don't know how to describe it, but this is just very, to me, very Teutonic, very Cold War. Um, It harpens back to a time in my life that was you know looking back on it was just so cool i think you know, it just kind of goes back full circle to your love of aviation too oh totally yeah, absolutely well and uh, you'll get a kick out of this because we talk about bmws i remember in 1992 i think and you can correct me if i'm wrong was the first year for the e32 chassis right the the bmw 740 was debuted i believe yeah in 1992. One. Yeah. And I was in a showroom in Munich looking at that car with my dad. And when I pick up this watch, I'm like right back in that showroom. Wow. You That's know, a or um, You know, right back in my solo. Yeah. Or right back at my Air Force detachment. Yeah. You know, at Arizona State. That 2.5? Ooh. But, um, <laughs>
1: There you go. Shout it out. Um, yeah. uh-huh.
0: And it's the kind of thing that, to me, this, this pulls me right back to maybe not my childhood, but that that period of life, a moment moment in of life. yeah yeah 100 percent and it yeah. was a really really neat time in my life and yeah. so this is the kind of thing every time I look at this even if I'm not wearing it again it's just very evocative for and sure it hauls me right back in time so it's like uh how long have you owned this five years I've actually had this one since probably about 2010 okay so it's been a while coming up on 10 years now yeah thereabouts yep yep yeah, yeah. Just got a um, um, new for service. A new, a new bracelet. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, it is due. Probably
1: two services. Yeah, yeah.
0: Anywhere. We're we're fortunate, right? Tutima entre- USA is just right down the street in, in Torrance. Yeah. So I've talked to them about servicing, and uh-huh. I will get it to them. It still runs fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. You know they've got I think some. Some parts there, so they can handle it if anything happens. Very cool. But I just had the uh, the bracelet replaced, brand new. OEA yeah, it looks bracelet great on it. And it's it, but you have you have the original one. It's also I fantastic. do, I do. So unlike you know a lot of other watches, this does not have like the typical kind of spring bar yeah. and lug arrangement. This uh-huh. is you know um, this is a drill hole. Yep. And there is a, a series uh-huh. of like friction pins. I don't know if that's the correct term, but these um, pins Propriety, are basically. In. What's that? Propriety. Exactly. Yeah, It's exactly. like the Blanc So after having um, dismounted the bracelet once or twice, that friction just was not holding. Yeah. And the, the pin was literally kind of falling out of the yeah. hole. Yeah, So I just... It swapped to, it up. Yeah. And do you wear this quite a lot? Because it looks brand new, dude. Yeah, you know what? Brand um, new. I mean, I wear. wore it a lot yeah. in the first several years that I got it. Then I had an issue with the bracelet, and I put it on, um, you know, one of those... Uh, I want to say it's a demodal, chronissimo, you know, pilot yep. leather strap. Right. And I um, hope I'm pronouncing that right. But it just didn't have the right feel, so I, I would rarely wear it. And now, you know, that I've got it back on, I'm actually wearing it in rotation much more frequently. Very
1: yeah. cool. You know what uh, a strap change or a bracelet change, like, really breathes life back into a watch a lot they of time. Big time. Yeah, Because I'll, totally. <laughs> I'll have something that I won't be wearing and then I put it on a different strap or something, like, all of a sudden it's the go-to. Yeah. If like you just want to wear it and fill it and be able to look down at whatever that is that changed yeah. it up a little bit.
0: Yeah, no, totally. Well, case in point, your Explorer 2 you're wearing today, right? You've got that on that Jubilee. Yeah. And that thing looks nails. That's so good. On Jubilee, dude. right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I know there's people who don't like Jubilee, but...
1: Yeah, but this is the, uh, the Hadley Roma, so it was like a $50 swap, right? Yeah. Whereas the Super Jubilee, dude, it's like $1,500. So I could buy... Another watch, <laughs> right? It only makes sense. <laughs> for the price of the bracelet. Yeah. But this, I get the same look. It's fun. I still have the original um, that I can put on, as well as the other straps that I wear it on. But I really haven't taken it off of this very often since I got it, works, it right? because I love the look of it. How coffee you too, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, it looks great. I mean, it, it pops from across the
1: room. Yeah, I had a. Um... One day I'm gonna do it for mine. My... You can borrow this one whenever you want. You can just swap. There you go. Right, right.
0: So yeah, that's kind of the story of that Tutima. And it's, it's just an amazing piece. And it's one of those that, um, you know, it, there are other watches that have that aesthetic, right. but um, you know, this one's mine, you know. And and it will that, never make That makes go, it right? special? Yeah, you know, um, I mean, I know you ask that question to people, and you know, it's, it's hard to decide.
1: You know, what, <laughs> uh, so that felt like a setup?
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Well, we will come back to that. I've, I what's, the next one. what's the next one? So the next one, this yeah. actually, so the next watch is the, uh, the Tudor GMT, this is the Black Bay GMT, the Pepsi. Mm-hmm. This was released in uh, what 2018. So I think this is one of the two or three really kind of sports yeah. watch yeah. hits of the year. And I'd been out of making purchases for maybe two years, you kind of on the sidelines. And I had parted with a, um, a GMT-2C, you know, basically the, the all-black, uh, you know, uh, ceramic bezel variant. And I told myself I would replace it. But in the the year or so since I'd parted with that, I mean, as you guys know, the prices have literally doubled. it, yeah. Yeah. So when I came back into... Uh, you know that headspace where I could start buying watches again. I just couldn't see myself spending that much money. Well, so I mean,
1: I, I think a two-year break gives you a little bit of clarity too, yeah. because sometimes you get like this, this crazy appetite where yeah. you see something you wanted and you have the means to get it, and you're just grabbing, yep. Yep. grabbing yep. stuff without putting too much thought behind it. But when you take a hiatus like that, and you can analyze get clarity, what I yeah. currently have, yep. you know what would be nice to have. and Um, You can kind of put some of those pieces together and you came out with something great man. I love that one.
0: Yeah, there was um, there was a lot of hype surrounding this watch and guys the hype is real. I (laughs) I try to, you know, have this philosophy when I'm buying watches that I I don't have one watch, but every single watch I buy, kind of I buy with the eye toward could this be an only watch? And I have a, a collection that's mostly made up of watches that could conceivably be an only watch for somebody. My, uh, so, and this is to me is one of those things that fulfills everything i want I mean this is basically a dive watch in
1: disguise right so right. it's got you know very good water resistance uh, I, I think I approach it similarly like they're all my favorite are you the same way? no no I'm just like they're all my favorite like if it's on my wrist if I'm wearing it that day I'm like oh I love this watch yeah. and someone's like what's your favorite I'm like I don't, I don't know they're all my favorite you can't really pick dude I mean yeah, yeah it's kind of like kids
0: yeah yeah
1: no it's it, it, Savage it, would make you pick Get a watch.
0: I know. Kind of shit. Yeah. So hopefully nobody's gonna make me pick. At least outside of like hypothetical. But I've got this sort of mental test that I apply to a lot of things, and it's like the vacation pool test. Yeah. So if you're on vacation yeah. and you're at the pool, yeah. Like you know, at a big hotel or something like that. There's a lot of people wandering around the pool deck. Yeah. And waiters yeah. and waitresses, and you know your kids are running around. Other kids are running around. Are you gonna have a watch that so you have to take off and like? hide under, you know, your flip-flops or something when you jump in the pool, or do you want to have something that you can just keep on your wrist? Totally. Yeah, and that's, um, that's one of those just little pieces of logic I apply to a lot of purchases, and this one sort of fills that bill, and it's, it's... So this is your vacation watch? Yeah, this is actually, I I do wear this watch in steady rotation. I mean, it's on my wrist probably two or three days a week. Right, yeah. Um, right now I have it off the, uh, off the riveted bracelet, and I'm surprised how much I like it off the bracelet. The What's bracelet the reference to it? You know, the reference I couldn't tell you because they don't have um, their numbering system is not yeah. like Rolex, oh, okay. so right. it's, it's they're not, so it's not just Rolexes, the Yeah, I think people just would refer to it. There's it's the only yeah. variant of its kind
1: right now. Mm-hmm. The Explorer Two well, that we both own, um, that was my jam. Like go to, never have to take off the wristwatch. Um, and I didn't think too much about it if I was going in the ocean or the pool or whatever um, but then when I got my Unimatic that became like oh I know if I'm going to be somewhere where the, there's going to be water involved and I don't want to have to worry about it uh, that's the one that I usually wear now Yeah.
0: I don't think it's a screw down crown on what? on the Explorer there's, yeah, there's it is. not yeah, much yeah. to worry either
1: as far as both goes. Um. yeah well the screw-down crown, yeah, that gives me some um, some peace. usually. If I'm going to wear a watch in the water, you know, you, some you look at the water resistance and you go, ah, this the might screw down take the pull. screw-down always gives me a But of Yeah, if it doesn't have a screw-down crown, it's always a no-go for me. Yeah, yeah,
0: but, yeah I want to say that um, Rolex says that's a hundred meter. Yeah. yeah, I yeah, yeah, screw-down crown in the Oyster case, you should be fine. Yeah, I, I think will that, too, will, will look good on a, on a Jubilee as well. Yeah, you know what? If they did one, it's it's a little tall, but it would probably take a lot of the bulk away because that's my only gripe with that riveted bracelet. It 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 does taper, right? But it's it's a big bracelet and it's heavy. Yeah. Um, I typically like that kind of thing, but unlike the Rolex, most Rolex models where they're twenty millimeters, right? This is twenty-two. You know, and it's a big clasp, right? So it it does um it does add some bulk. I've got this right now on a um, just on a a canvas strap from. Actually, I'm going to say this one just one of Micah Dirksen's, okay. if you're familiar with uh,
1: Vintager. Yeah. Yeah, up in the Apple. My, my Unimatic is, is also 22, and I bought the bracelet for it thinking I really wanted that, that look. But then, yeah, the weight that it added to it, I was like, I put it back on the bracelet. Oh, excuse me, back on the strap, back on the, the yeah. rubber. It's funny, uh, isn't it? Like, yeah. There's a threshold for weight on certain watches as well. Yeah, and I, I love the look, and I, I will go back to it on occasion. But just for daily wear, I think it wears better and more comfortable just on you know something. Yeah, no, absolutely.
0: And this particular, this reference is Black Bay GMT. You know, when people, other enthusiasts, have handled the watch, and, you know, they'll make some mention of the fact that it does feel very heavy, yeah. especially compared to like a, a one one six seven ten. It's just a I guess it's closest for me, something that i right. own kinda of closest counterpart. And the, the Rolex is a lot more svelte but the Rolex is a pilot's watch and this is this is a dive watch in disguise. Right. So, so what else did you bring? So What's the last one? Yeah. Third one. Third, third one. last one. So Josh is wearing its uh its counterpart he, So this is a the twins. These um, are twins. Yeah. yeah. one. So this is a uh, Rolex Explorer 2, 16570, the Polar, and a little bit special in as much as this is the, um, I wanna say it's the A serial, but 1990-2000 manufacturer, so it's a Swiss-only dial, and this is a, uh, a Luminova dial. So right. It's kind of right in between the Tritium era and Super Luminova. This is, I think, common wisdom on this says that this particular dial was produced for one year. I think. Realistically, it was probably produced over two years. What era is your particular watch? 99, 2000. Okay, yeah, thereabouts. Um, But what makes this kind of cool is I actually sourced this from our boy Chase. So this was Chase's watch. Whoa,
1: back up. So the funny thing was this was also... watch here? Yeah. Same model. Uh Uh-huh. Same reference. Okay. Both sourced through Chase. Uh Uh-huh. But... Thing about that particular one is Chase wasn't particularly, you know, uh, in a position that that one was going to be for sale, and I think he made a certain. Um, oh, he wasn't going to sell the other yeah, one, yeah. right? This one, this yeah. one he had this, forever. This was it wasn't for sale. Yeah, that was his. That was like one of his personal watches. It wasn't one of the ones that was up for sale. So like that was. So Matt coming about having it. Stop. Yeah. That, Seriously. Yeah, it makes it a little bit I more special. As well.
0: Yeah. So I, the reason I I really enjoy this watch aside from just what it is, Uh but this particular acquisition, um, this was the most recent thing that I've purchased, uh, you know, at the table anyway, and this is, I've had this now for about 10 months. So, So real quick, so you saw it, Chase has it, or what's, how did you? I worked with Chase to try to source a, basically something to kind of fill that, Crown-shaped hole in my heart <laughs> after, after I sold my GMT Master a year or two prior, uh-huh. and with the prices of everything just going bananas, it was it was hard to find anything that was even remotely reasonable right. um, or, or rational. And I mean, it seemed like every week you look at like Crown Twenty Four and see right. the market is up another couple of hundred, another couple of hundred on each reference. So I was going to buy the modern iteration of this watch, but a black dial, yeah,
1: yeah. 42, 42, millimeter. 42 millimeter. With the and orange. GMT even hat. those
0: were getting difficult to find in Southern California. But uh, Chase was in a position where he was like, hey, you know what? Uh, I'm having a hard time finding you anything that's kind of fits the bill. Do you want to try my watch? And as you guys know, the deal with Chase, and I, I'm feeling like we're blowing up Chase and he's not here.
1: but. <laughs> Chase you should know, be here.
0: Chase is. Uh, he should
1: Chase should have been here five minutes ago. Yes, yeah, you right. are
0: absolutely correct. That's and he right. would have been great because <laughs> he would tie all the story yeah. down. But you know how Chase is with his watches. The watch is immaculate. Number one. Number two. It's only like Rolex Cute? service history. Chase. Yeah, Everything is yeah. well documented when it comes to quality. Yeah. So <laughs> the provenance on this watch is. One hundred percent assured. Yeah. Right. And it's it's rare that you get an opportunity to get something like that in the pre owned world. You know, you, there's trusted sellers, but so then there's trust. You seller. managed to convince Chase to give it up. You yanked him in the black room somewhere and Yeah. <laughs> you told him you're gonna yeah, scratch you know, his went Mercedes. To, went, to, went to work on him with the brass knuckles and Yeah yeah. he yeah. you know, said this is happening. Give <laughs> him five bucks for the watch and we're good to go. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so it's um it's one of those that's got like kind of our watch groups DNA, you know, on it and it's I can relate. Just great to watch. I can relate because I did the same thing with Chase with the Zen. Yep. I've, I've, I've seen Black that Zen before. I, I think people who follow my Instagram have seen that Zen yeah, before too. Yes. 356 UTC. That's one of the best watches ever. super my this just like the two the war, uh this is my vacation watch. Yes. I set I set it to the next time zone prono what else do you need yeah well we were talking right before we started recording and I, I think when we were walking over i I mentioned my preference for that watch with the the Plexi as opposed to Sapphire oh. and just to kind of give you an idea like sitting across the table from you right now like the glow off of does it hurt looking from across a little someone <laughs> wearing it a <laughs> little do you, do
1: you want to jump across a little bit <laughs> no but it's because um, I'll never let this
0: go I saw it I was like I'm done one day one day Okay. Like, you get the chase treatment we get that all right thing. Because it took a lot for Chase. He, he called me and he was like, dude, do you mind if I sell it to Summer? I was like, yeah, hey, just do it, man. You should. 100%. Yeah. So, well, thank you, dude. Yeah. I, I, I don't like
1: torturing, but I had to use torturing on Chase and I, I like it a little bit. Just a little, right? <laughs> <laughs> so when we, uh, we talked about torture, and I think he alluded to one of the questions you asked yeah, earlier he did. about yes. would you keep that forever? I, I think we can move into that space. I think we're ready for that. <laughs> I think we're ready. All right, Dan. Now that we introduced all three. Yeah, so you've heard the show, uh, apparently. I have. So you know the the scenario that, that we present. Yep. And it's... Summer asked you to bring three watches for a reason. So if you had to put them into a category of one that you had to just experience, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one that you would potentially keep forever, right? Yeah. That's the Mary. The Mary. The Mary and keep it forever. Yeah, one that... They're all special to you, but one that you can just discard. Sure. So, put those into those categories for us. All right, well,
0: I would start with the one, I guess, that I would discard. Um, and, yeah, I think... Caveat, right? Yeah. All of them are, are great watches, mm-hmm. but um, three keepers. But yeah, the, yeah, the Tudor Black Bay would go first. Okay, and why? Yeah. One, I think it's. I don't know how to describe it, but as as a practical matter, mm-hmm. I think I've got all of the benefits of that watch covered in other watches. You yeah. got all makes, makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I've 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 got other dive watches. I've got other you know alternate time zone d- watches. Um, as good as it is and it is great Uh you know um, if somebody was interested in having a a really good kind of one watch or maybe a one high quality functional watch with a little bit of brag appeal and then maybe a G-Shock you know so (laughs) g G-Shock makes sense so people not like us basically yeah rational people. Yeah. (laughs) That would be a fantastic watch. But having having owned a bunch of other things and knowing that I'll probably own other stuff. Right. You know, it is a little bulky. Uh Um, and I don't know, it just it doesn't have the same emotional connection. Okay.
1: So 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 we got that out of the way. Yeah.
0: So that's the that's the easy one. Yeah. yeah, Okay. So plus the fact that it doesn't have the Rose emblem. What's that? Plus the fact that it doesn't have the Rose logo on it. Correct. Yeah, I had the um, the first generation Tudor Pelagos when they first started oh, yeah. coming back into the states. Uh-huh. I got that about six or eight years ago uh-huh. when they first you know were available in stores here. Uh-huh. And I, I sold that to a friend who wanted a vacation watch. He wanted right. something good. He was going to be uh, in Europe for like a month, and he didn't want to take like flashy because he's got like you know the bluesy and the two tone uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. gold subseas and all that. Just something low key. So I gave that to him with the idea that I would eventually replace it with, you know, the in-house movement watch. Right. And I mean, in a very yeah. roundabout way, I guess I have. Right. But um, yeah, the the old dial from Tudor, I think, yeah. is for me. There's just something about the rose. Yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah. You think of Tudor, it has to be the rose shield. From yeah, I mean, yeah. I know I'm being or, it being anal or anything it's just <laughs> for me. <laughs> I know he has it on the, on crown, the crown, but still, it's yeah. not. He has to have it anyway. it's not no, the same no, for you I meant everything. no I get it I get it so yeah I, what's the
1: next one Josh So it it's up to him he can choose yeah, so you, make, you have one that is what? the keeper the, the one that lifer. you lifer yeah the lifer the, the Mary and then you have one that hey you know that was fun for a night yeah <laughs> thank you so much <laughs> wham bam <laughs> something that you had to experience
0: well as much as i made of you know how much of that the tatima is uh, sort of that evocative you know, peace for me. It's, it's a totem of that great time in my life. Uh-huh. Um, I could conceivably part with that. 5100, <laughs> boom, get out of this room. <laughs> yeah, so I. And here's why. It's that, that 5100 movement and that layout, you know, visually is what pulls me into watches like right. this. Right. But this Tatima is not the only thing that has that kind of visual appeal right so it's i cool. know yeah you know you could there's right there's you know the orfina you know the porsche design watches uh, you know they're the zin watches um, yeah, say. yeah you know even even the Lemania and tag warrior watches with the same kind of layout um so there's there's, there's other things that could scratch that inch at some point in the future that have the same. I mean, even even the modern 7750 based yeah. sin watches that they make. Uh huh. You know, some of them have been modified, but right. even you know, um, oh boy, I want to say, it's like uh, you know, the 157. Now, 157 is still a uh, lemani movement. The 144. That's the one I'm thinking of. The 144 with that kind of that Teutonic. Integrated bracelet. Right. It looks, you know, in profile, in plan form. It looks like a kind of a can, like a tuna can. <laughs> yeah. And, but that that splash of red, it does the same thing for me. So, as awesome as it is, I could find that elsewhere. The watch that I think I would keep forever would have to be the Explorer too. It's. Yeah, my man. Yeah, yeah it's a um, wow. it's a unique piece. It you could. Honestly, stripped down to just that watch, and it would it would cover all the bases.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, there. I think it's still a total sleeper too. Like it can, you know, fulfill that that crown itch, right? You take out the yeah. crown, but, and get you. yeah. But on the wrist, I think it um, it's not something that's too. Uh, it doesn't draw people over like, oh, that's a that's a Rolex, like like your sub, right? Right. It,
0: it doesn't look like a sub. It doesn't look like you know a GMT two to the extent that GMT twos look like a look like subs sometimes. Obviously not the new ones. They're yeah. very colorful, but like the the all black bezel models. This, on the other hand, and you kind of hit it, you know, that forty millimeter thirty nine whatever they call this um,
1: oyster case wears so perfectly. Shout out to. Uh Forty twenty. Have you guys checked out that podcast? No. Forty and twenty. Oh, 40 no. and twenty. Yeah. Yeah. For we're sure. Good guys. And um, I was asking, what does the forty and, and twenty stand for? Because uh, I listened to several episodes and no one had ever um, you know addressed that topic or how they got the. They name. have never talked about. Yeah. 40 so we were, and 20, you know, we're yeah. DMing and going back and forth, and it was a forty millimeter case and a twenty millimeter lug width. Boom. They were saying is the perfect. Watch.
0: No, it is. It, it, well, you know, the other thing about this, too, so.
1: I mean... <laughs> I don't have to argue Say 38. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, that was where they got the name from. Ah, and okay. I think the Explorer Two size is perfect, and I like small watches, but... Explorer I think is this, 4020, right? Yeah, but I right. think this wears smaller than It does wear smaller, I was going to yeah. say.
0: Well, yeah, it doesn't have an overhanging bezel. Right. Um, I know a lot of people, and this is really splitting hairs, will say that it's a 39 millimeter, but it measures out or mics out at 39. Uh-huh. It might maybe. But the other thing that I consider with stuff like this, like a a lifelong watch, is if I would give it to my kids. And I don't have sons, I have daughters. So I'm always kind of thinking about this. A hundred percent, you know, um, speaking of other podcasts, right? So, 10 and 2, the girls on that podcast, they do a great job. The the ones out of Tennessee. Tennessee, yeah. 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 The the two cats. What's that girl? Exactly. (laughs) So, Cat constantly references the fact that she has this watch, and it Mm -hmm. works very well on a female list as well. And it, it looks good. For sure. And it's the kind of thing that I can see, you know, one or both of my daughters wearing, you know, twenty, thirty years from now, yeah, That's I pass out. I mean, I'm also looking for an aviation dad if someone's out there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: but speaking of Explorer, right? You know, I think you know how I feel about Rolex. Yeah, I do. But secretly, I love the Explorer One. Oh,
1: yeah. There's a lot to
0: like in that I watch. I mean, man. it's just so clean around the bezel. I just so understated. I, if if ever, if I ever go explorer route, it would be the first one. When you think about how often, and people reference this in our hobby all the time, like how often the Submariner has been copied. Oh yeah. Oh, for, for a good reason. Yeah, true. But, but think about how often something like a, a 10 was a 10 16, 10, 16 format yeah, yeah. Explorer. You see that all
1: over the place. The, you don't even really think did you about. You see it. that new. Uh, JDM release Seiko. Oh, Kinda dude, <laughs> reminds me very much of the Explorer. Dude, like, yeah. it, it was dope, man. You know, you're right, but it's pretty dope. No, it is. I, and I that's, that and was, that's probably why I like it so much. Yeah, I think it's like a forty millimeter it. case. Is it? Um, yeah. Now, Do we have to fly to Japan together, or do we have to contact Mats people, or? You, you know what? It was. Um, it's kind of vague as far as exactly who was going to have them. Is it
0: for a retailer in Japan? I mean, not yeah. a retailer,
1: but a um, like an actual a store. Yeah, it was. Yeah. But somewhere I read that more distributors were going to have it, but it was still JDM. Um, and What's the difference? I,
0: I know a guy who knows a guy. If you want, I can make some calls.
1: Well, I know a guy who has a friend in Japan that bought two, because oh. they would only let you buy two. So he bought one for himself, and then you he bought one for my buddy. Yeah. No, no, not uh, me. I didn't have one. I want to know who I have to kill. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you know. Oh, please. <laughs> yeah. DM me. For well, the info. Bottom,
0: bottom line is that's a, that's a badass watch. And you, there's, I think, a really obvious design through line. Absolutely. From the Alpinist and the, the Explorer. Same kind of, I guess, you know, design ethos behind it. But they're great watches. They look great. And you know, I don't know. You should fill some of that crown-shaped hole in your heart.
1: Well, he does. He has um, the oyster perpetual, right? Yeah, yeah. So he has that. All right, so but you're covered. You got that box checked. He doesn't wear it very often, no. and I don't think he has. I don't really any... talk about it much either. Well, you know how I feel about not
0: being able. We were just having a conversation earlier about parks availability. I mean, I can't even get a buckle. That's to me, that's an issue. No, it is what it is. I mean, you want to have, if you're going to spend this kind of money in our hobby to have watches that you want to retain for a long yeah. time, you have to kind of think of how Longevity, we're we'll just yeah. Right, the, the service and yeah. the longevity of. We're talking bomb. about the Swatch House seal. Can't do anything about it.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. The system. Yeah, exactly. The system. Can't can yeah. do anything
0: about it. That is a bummer, right? I mean, that's. Yeah. It is a bummer. It's, it's neat for I what think. it costs, but the idea that it's essentially disposable and. I'm not a huge tree hugger, but the idea that... I don't know. They should probably have something where you can send it back to them.
1: They can re- trade-in. That, that would be dope. I don't know that truck? that exists. You like trade-in program or something? No, no, not a trade-in program. But we'll if they have in. the ability to open and resell, but they'll probably break the case. I don't... Um, yeah, i have to think through that. But, uh, yeah, that would yeah, be perfect.
0: Given what they cost and absent... A way to to have them serviced, you have to know that a lot of them are going to end up in the trash in five or ten years or fifteen years, and that's a, that's a shame. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe not, but my understanding is that they're not very serviceable. I hope I'm wrong. Hopefully, somebody will, will write in or call you or DM us on Yeah,
1: because my understanding is they're not. I mean, once it stops running, you it, it becomes him? a piece of jewelry yeah, at, at it that Walmart. point. If you want to continue to wear it, you have a connection with it and you think it looks cool, Sure, you can still, still wear it, but it's just not going to be as timepiece. put it on 1010. Wow. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah it, look, it looks good all day. <laughs> the, uh,
0: the quartz watches from the 80s are still going strong, a lot of them, so. True that. Yeah. Well, I think Matt's ready for the five questions. Yeah. What do you got? I got here. Talk to me, Goose. <laughs> this is a nonsense question. You all you right, have to answer you? real quick. Ready? Yeah, hit it. French fries or curly? French fries or what? Curly fries. Oh, French fries. First corn. Two thousand two is a nineteen seventy six, I think. Seventy six or seventy seven BMW two thousand two. Boom, dude, those are so dope. Love them. All oh, right, sorry. You know, it, we got sidetracked. Hang on. <laughs> It was such a fun need, special car at the time. I need air. I would love to have that car back. And we've talked many times Ooh. about that. I would love to have so that car back. Good. It was that weird kind
1: of a metallic copper brown. There's a guy in my neighborhood who has one, and it's like going through the restoration process, but even seeing it now in its kind of unfinished um, state still looks dope every time I drive past
0: it. Somebody in my neighborhood has a bright orange, like I'm talking like a Titleist golf ball 2002, like. That blaze orange—it's
1: so yeah, cool. It's—it's it's kind of um, a project car though, yeah. because most times when you see them, it looks like they're in the middle of a restoration. You rarely see one that's like cherry. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, cool. Same thing with the Carmagia.
0: Carmagia, same
1: thing. That that's like it's a project. Halfway. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a, a patch of paint. It's yeah, yeah. not quite always matching. It. Like the Datsuns yeah, too. Like, the, yeah. ran out
0: of money or enthusiasm or talent in the garage? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's halfway built. Yeah. I I really think we should get uh, Kleenex as our
1: sponsor. Yeah, shut up. (laughs) Kleenex.
0: How do you say, ETA or ETA? I say ETA. Okay. What's your spirit animal? Owl. Owl. Wise.
1: Wise owl. Owl's a killer. (laughs) They are.
0: Yeah, they are. They're great great for rodents.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you yeah. know you can you can basically rent owls.
0: Wait, wait, you can rent owls.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, well, they essentially we'll bring them out uh-huh. so that they start to you kill off Uber like rodents, like yeah, Uber owls. Okay, yeah. 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 Dope, dope concept. <laughs> Fun fact, right? The, um,
0: oh, what is it? Uh, the great horned owl, right, has a range all over North America, uh-huh. and it's the most successful predator of all like terrestrial animals, with something like. I'm I'm a little seven seven or eight attempts out of ten, it will catch its prey. That's wild. So as long as if there's food around, he's eating. So in aviation terms, you're you like black ops, basically, nighttime operation. If yeah, for the, that. Because I was one, thinking yeah. you you'd probably pick like an Osprey that that can carry crazy payload. But. Oh, if I wanted to fly something. Yeah. Oh, those are neat. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. This is one of questions. Is it operating? Natural explorers. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> this
1: is the first time you heard the questions. It's also the first time I I heard them. And I think there it should be five. That's what our show is, that, is about, man. You know, is there that is all five. five? There's one more.
0: There's There's one one, more. One,
1: okay. Are you ready for the last one? If you have to pick, all right. If you have to pick between the two. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's the uh. Yeah, we the ambient sound just died down a bit. It got rowdy for a second.
0: Yeah, dude. You got crazy with me. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully listeners to the podcast won't hear all that. But you have to pick between the two, all right? All right, let's go. What is it? Supreme or Hadinki? Oh, my God. Look, look at Matt's face. Hedinky. Hedinky. All right, well, that's our rapid
1: five questions. Matt. <laughs> Matt, we would like to thank you. It was awesome having you on. You know, we've, yeah, been communicating as, you know, friends Forever, and yeah. yeah, enthusiasts, common you know, hobbies and so forth for uh, a couple of years. But I got some questions answered today that I didn't know, um, and that was cool. I I enjoyed getting to know more about you. I'm, I hope that uh, everyone else, I'm sure everyone else will have that same feeling.
0: Yeah, me too. I I always uh, see your posts, and now we kind of got some clarity on what Matt's about. Yeah, cool. Thank Matt, you. Well, you guys, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. This has been a lot of fun. I. I sort of I remember busting your balls a little bit about okay I'm gonna be your first guest I'm gonna be your first guest <laughs> like months ago now I'm That's glad true. I wasn't your first guest but the podcast is great man I really I would say just as somebody who's listened to it all the time and I, we just you know we're kind of making allowances for all the, the background noise but I really like that kind of gorilla podcast sound That's There's just a lot of energy to it and I didn't I didn't think it would work it totally works as somebody who's listened to every episode it totally works. Thanks, dude. Keep doing this.
1: Yeah, we we feel like um, you know, this is a space that's just like neutral territory. Everyone can come in, and um, even going to where people are, you know, they feel comfortable in those spaces. Uh, so we're not bringing people necessarily to us where someone might feel out of their element. Yeah, we just want the conversation to flow because we're all friends. Yeah, uh, we think. Everyone has an interesting story, and if we're in a position to be able to put those stories out, and that's that's a win for everyone. No, it's
0: right. awesome. This is basically a, a mini get together yeah, in podcast form. A right. and Josh, if, that, if that I can magically make the instrument disappear, that would be even better.
1: Just hanging out, chatting between. Okay. We we did talk about putting it inside of a teddy bear or something. That would all, be awesome. all the mics, and go to build a bear. Go to build a, a bear. Really, really nondescript bear. items, just yeah. kind of hanging around. <laughs> go to build a bear, and you're <laughs> stuffing.
0: Tools in there. What are you doing, sir? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, right? Bring the the teddy bear to breakfast club. You got it, man. Anytime.
1: cd underscore gmt additional content can be found on instagram at the out of time podcast you can also email us at the out of time at gmail.com